Welcome to this podcast. I'm Katie Broadfield, an Associate Director at Whitehead Moncton. And I'm Joshua Parton, a solicitor in the tax and estate planning team. And today we'll be discussing the importance of considering the interaction of multiple taxes when someone dies. Although upon a person's death, their personal representatives are often aware of the need to consider the inheritance tax position, it is easy to overlook potential liability for two other taxes, capital gains tax and income tax. Yes, Josh, and it is important to distinguish between pre-death and post-death for taxation purposes. When someone passes away, the period of time between death and the date the deceased's personal representatives have finalised distributing the assets, either in accordance with the terms of the will or otherwise the rules of intestacy, is known as the period of administration. So what's the position with CGT, Josh? Well, no CGT is charged on any increase in value of chargeable capital assets, such as property and shares, held by the deceased up to the date of death. And the deceased's main residence and cash are also exempt from CGT. This is commonly referred to as the tax-free uplift, and any pre-death gains from the date of acquisition by the deceased are effectively ignored. The beneficiary acquiring the relevant asset from the estate is treated as if they had paid the market value at the date of the deceased's death. However, CGT is still a relevant consideration for personal representatives because it applies to any gains on any assets disposed of by the estate during the period of administration, save for those assets transferred to the beneficiaries. Personal representatives may need to sell assets in order to use the sale proceeds to settle outstanding liabilities. Generally speaking, subject to various deductible allowances accepted by HMRC, such as the costs associated with marketing a property for sale, tax due on any gains arising can be worked out by subtracting the sale proceeds from the date of death value. Personal representatives are entitled to utilise the deceased's annual exemption for CGT, currently worth £12,300, for the period from the date of death to the end of the next tax year. It is irrelevant how short this period may be. Furthermore, the personal representatives are entitled to claim this annual exemption in each of the following two tax years. Personal representatives may want to use their powers of appropriation over assets prior to sale of the same to maximise available exemptions, depending on the circumstances of the beneficiaries and the amount of gains. Subject to the available allowances, the rate of tax on any chargeable capital gains on disposals made by the estate is currently 28% for residential property and 20% for other assets. The personal representatives are responsible for paying any CGT due out of the estate and depending on the amount of CGT due, it may also be necessary for a tax return to be completed. So what about income tax, Katie? It could well be the case that the deceased has paid too much or too little income tax for the period beginning the 6th of April, the beginning of the tax year, up until the date of their death. Personal representatives should contact HMRC to adjust the tax calculation for the deceased and ascertain whether the estate is owed a tax refund or whether further tax is due. If the deceased was in receipt of taxable benefits, then the DWP should be notified as well. The easiest way for personal representatives to do this is by using the government's Tell Us Once service, as these and any other relevant public organisations are automatically notified of the death and will then liaise directly with the personal representatives. 
Dealing with income tax matters for personal representatives does not stop there. The period of administration may last for many months or sometimes years, and during this time frame, income tax is chargeable on income that the estate receives. This could include savings generated from investments or rental income on properties, for example. That's right, Katie, and it is crucial for personal representatives to bear in mind that allowances available to the deceased prior to his or her death, such as the annual personal allowance, currently worth £12,570, are not available after the date of death to set against post-death income. This therefore means that as the estate is not entitled to any allowances, all income unless specifically exempt from a charge to income tax, such as prizes on premium bonds, is taxable. Now the rates of tax are 20% for savings and rental income and 7.5% for dividend income. Unlike with income tax rates for an individual during their lifetime, these rates do not vary based on how much income is received and no higher rates are applied. However, when income is paid to a beneficiary, it could then be subject to tax at higher rates depending on the beneficiary's own income tax position. Alternatively, if the beneficiary does not pay income tax, then they may be able to reclaim payment of tax already paid. So what about responsibility for dealing with the tax liability? In terms of who is responsible for income tax liability, as with CGT, this rests with the personal representatives, and depending on the specific circumstances, a tax return may need to be completed. In more simple cases, matters can be dealt with informally by the personal representatives, and at present, under interim arrangements, income does not need to be reported to HMRC or any tax paid where the only source of income is savings interest and the liability is below £100. If you would like to discuss any of these issues or also need some advice as regards inheritance tax, then please give us a call, visit our website or contact us through our social media channels.